Praise God. Praise God. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Amen. And uh, in moving, moving forward here, and as time in general moves forward and progresses, and we see that the affairs of men on this planet, on this earth, in this country, just seem to be becoming more and more and increasingly godless, trying to get God out of the picture, trying to get God off the bookshelves, um, trying to uh, uh, take the things that God holds near and dear to him and just pervert it and twist it in their own way. Uh, we see that God is looking more and more for those that he can call his ambassadors, his spokespeople. Okay. There are a number of praying Christians in this country. I'm convinced of that. I know that. Um, but on the other hand, there are a number of, a larger number of, of Christians that call themselves Christians merely for the sake of calling themselves Christians or, be, or because maybe they think it's in vogue, they think it's fashionable. Uh, we see many during those uh, um, award ceremonies how they all come up to the podium and they've got on crosses and all this sort of thing, yet still the award for which they are winning, uh, the, 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 the artful, the media for which they're winning this award uh, is, is oftentimes fraught with all sorts of of obscenities and everything else, but they wear a cross because they want to look like they're in fashion or whatever. But God, God reaps and, and goes through and looks, or I should say sifts and sorts through the heart of his children. And he's looking for us that are willing to really stand up for him and to be able to maintain the faith. To be able to pray and to intercede for others. For those of us who are, are not wanting to be simply closet Christians or claim our Christianity when it's profitable or when it's popular or whatever, but that we're deep in our hearts uh, looking to, to follow Jesus and to do what God calls us to do. So today's question is, where are you? Where are you? If God knows that, if God is looking for people that he can call his own, looking for people that he can count on to speak out on his behalf and to be his ambassador, um, where are you relative to that? So as usual, everything has to be based on scripture. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 6, the book of Isaiah chapter 6. You know, like the, the, the scripture says elsewhere that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Amen. Amen. So how willing are we to, uh, uh, to stand up? Isaiah 6, and starting with verse number 1. 6, verse number 1. This is talking about Isaiah is having this vision. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, with twain or with two he covered his face, and with twain or two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth. And said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Underline please. Then said I, Here am I, send me. Okay? So here the Lord said to him, who can I send, who can I send? And he said, send me, I'll go. But he did not, at this point, he did not even know what God was intending for him to do. God did not know, I mean, I'm sorry, he did not know what God was intending him to do. But he said to God, here I am. So when it comes down to us as Christians and followers of Jesus Christ, and we know that God is calling you, then how willing are you to say simply before God, here I am, here I am. 
You know, so you need to ask yourself today, where are you relative to that call, relative to that answer? How serious are you relative to that point, okay? Well, it all starts with, in order for you to be confident um, in that uh, by your responding to God, here I am, here I am, I'm willing to do what you call me to do, you have to be at rest with God. You've got to be at peace, knowing that whatever God calls you to do, it's not going to be to your detriment, that it will indeed be, be for your better. So let's turn to the book of Hebrews. You know, how many of us going through our daily lives, our daily walks, even think about God calling us for a purpose, you know? Um, the interesting thing is, is that many of us get up each morning and prepare to go to work or whatever it is that you're going to do through the course of the day and you never really stop to ask yourself or to say to you say to God God here I am this day use me to do whatever it is that you want me to do you know we think of our daily lives if the routine is getting up going to work or preparing for the day or whatever it is that you're going to do that that's your mission for the day you know, I get in my car, I drive X number of miles, I park, and then I start doing whatever it is that I'm going to be doing. But during that process, do you stop and say to yourself, Lord, here I am today. All right, so if anyone was to say, where are you? Lord, here I am today. I'm willing to do whatever it is that you bring across my path today, whatever it is that you tell me to do. Amen, amen. And how many of us go forth with that focus? Now, there are indeed many people who are afraid to do that. I remember speaking to some folks over the years when I knew, you know, Holy Spirit was wanting them to grow in God. Was wanting them to move on to the next step. That God really wanted to take them into more of a supernatural journey beyond the day-to-day on Sunday worship. Where you gather and praise God and sing some songs and then get into the sermon and then leave. That God wanted to move this person to a, a higher level. And during discussion, the person just, you know, through conversation was afraid to go to that next level. He was afraid. He was unwilling to do, to get to that point where he would be willing to do whatever God wanted him to do because he was comfortable in doing the things that, um, how can I say, that identify us as Christians on this earth. But as far as moving into the real deeper things of God, and I talked a few times over the last few weeks about getting into God's supernatural realm, where you're moving in the gifts of the Spirit, where Holy Spirit is ministering to you, where you feel God's presence, where you hear God's voice, and moving to that next spiritual level, that person was literally afraid of that. It seemed like this was something that was, whoa, man, it was almost like, like spooky, you know, and, and didn't really want to go there. You see, so how willing are we as children of his, of God's, if we're really going to be his ambassadors, we have to be able to speak God's language. We have to be able to move and operate in God's realm, you see. So when, you ask us, when I say to you, where are you, you need to ask yourself, well, where am I relative to God? Really relative to God. Would you be able to say if God was to manifest himself right here physically in front of you and say, where are you? And he says, I have a mission. You just say, here I am. And don't say, here I am, if that means staying in Salem. Here I am, if that means staying in Portland. Here I am, if that means I don't have to confront so-and-so. Here I am, if it, means, if it means I don't have to say hello to my neighbor anymore, or my relative, or whoever it is, okay? And start putting conditions on God, okay? All right, but simply, Lord, here I am. You see, you see, and you'd be surprised that if you can bring, you know, we many times are our own worst enemies, you see, and believe it or not, while God is, 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 is ultimately powerful, he's omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful, we can tie God's hands in an instant, as powerful as he is, okay? And we can tie God's hands by simply, by limiting ourselves from exposing ourselves to God. And saying, God, here I am, I'm willing to do whatever it is that you want me to do. Simple as that, you see. But we have this fear because we don't know what God's going to tell us to do. You see, and so we think that God's going to send me on some mission that I'm going to fail. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to look like a kook. I'm going to start being called a Jesus freak, a Bible thumper, and all that sort of things. And so we tend to cloak and hide our Christianity, true Christianity. Okay? It's one thing to say when you're filling out a form, are you a Christian or whatever, and you check the, the box, yes, I'm a Christian. What does that really, really mean? Okay? Stop and think that one day you're filling out of a form, out of form, and the minute you see that box, you know, where it says, quote unquote, religion, you know, down the list, and you check Christian, the minute you check Christian, you have a voice, hey, 
You're ready to go? <laughs> you know, how many of us would all of a sudden start trembling because, uh-oh, I said I'm a Christian, now God is calling me on that. All right? Well, guess what, brothers and sisters? God is calling you on that. He's calling you on that every single morning that you wake up. Every single morning, he's calling you on that. You're saying you're, saying you're one of my children? Okay. This is what the day is going to bring. Are you ready for it? Are you going to accept whatever it is I permit to come your way? You see? But many times we don't think that way because our morning prayer, if, the, if our morning prayer exists at all, it certainly does not consist of us saying to God, God, here I am. What will you have me to do today beyond driving, getting some gas, going to the office or wherever it is that I'm going? Beyond that, God, here I am. Do what you want me to do. You see? Because we're afraid of the answer. We're hesitant. Okay? All right? But if you want to get to that point, or how do you get to that point? It starts with you, first of all, being able to rest in God as a Christian. Resting in God. So Hebrews number 4, starting with verse number 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being... Excuse me a minute. Let me turn off this. going to start beeping on me. Let us therefore fear... Lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Okay, verse number two again. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as it was preached unto them. But the word did not profit them. The preached word didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. And they heard it, you see, okay? So I can stand up here preaching to you until I'm blue in the face, okay? But as you are receiving God's word throughout this service and throughout many sermons to come, uh, if you aren't, aren't mixing faith with what you're hearing, then you don't profit by it. You don't benefit from it, okay? That's what this is saying here, okay? He said, for unto us was the, was, was the gospel preached, but so was it preached to them. But the word didn't benefit them because it wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. All right, verse number three. For we uh, which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, I, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundations of the world. Okay, so underline in verse number three, the first part there. For we which have believed do enter into rest. All right? Those which which believe do enter into rest. As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, or, 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 or this way. He spoke in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. Underline that. God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Okay? So in other words, some people did not find solace, they didn't find peace, they didn't come to rest. Those that heard the words, alright? In other words, I could be up here preaching to you a wonderful sermon, giving you some real dynamite truths of God. How you can bind and loose, how you can be victorious, you can, I can be telling you all of that, okay? But you will not find some peace if you, ha- if you don't believe what you're hearing, if you don't have faith in it, alright? So, entering into that rest, first of all, it starts with us believing what God says is true. And if God says that He is who He is and that what He wants for your life is true, that He loves you, regardless of what you've done, you know, don't start thinking, oh boy, oh boy, I slipped and I sinned last night, so now God doesn't love me anymore. God loves you. God loves you. Amen. He loves you. Amen. Amen. And so, so believing that, first of all, and having faith in that promise helps you to get some rest, gives you some peace. See, but what's being said is because what they heard they didn't benefit from because they did not believe. Verse number 7. Again, he limits a, cer- he limits a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice harden not your hearts in other words don't turn away harden not your hearts for if Jesus had given them rest then would he not afterward have spoken of another day okay there remains therefore a rest to the people of God please underline there remains therefore a rest to the people of God for he that is entered into his rest he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his 
Now underline this, please, all of verse number 10. For he that entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. God stopped his works on the seventh day, he rested in it. What this is saying is that entering into God's, God's uh, rest is you stopping from your own work. Now, what is stopping from your own work? Stopping from your own work is when you are trying to figure out the solution to a problem. Where you are the one that's trying to fix your life. You are the one that's trying to make things come together. A situation that is in your life. You're, you're thinking about, gee, well, well, who do I know on the council? Who do I know? Who can, who can I call? What, what city or state or federal agency can I write to? Who, can I, who do I know that can pull some strings? This is you working. This is you working. This is you working. You're not entering into rest by letting God do it. So we need to, first of all, if we're going to say to God, here I am, Lord, do whatever it is that you want me to do, first of all, you've got to start thinking to yourself, I've got to get into God's rest in terms of my not trying to figure out how I'm going to make this thing happen. Okay? Alright? So many times we're afraid to do what God, whatever God might want to do because you're thinking that if God tells me to do something and I say, yes, I'm going to do it, that I've got to figure out how to do it. You see, so therefore you don't walk in God's rest. You're not resting in God's rest, I should say. You're still sitting there at the back of your head, you're trying to figure out, well, how is this going to happen? How's this going to get done? You see? You see? You see? So you're still working. You're still working. Okay? Number 10 again. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. There's another verse on the line. Let us, therefore, labor, let us work towards entering into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Okay? So how do I work towards entering into that rest? Okay? Okay? That, this working here is not the same as you doing physical labor or you're mentally, you know, hassling with something. This is that I'm remembering that what I need to strive to do, what I need to focus on, is entering into God's rest. Okay? I'm not going to focus on how do I solve this problem, because then I'm doing the works. Okay? If I'm going to expend any energy at all, the energy is going to be on how do I maintain my faith and how do I trust God and how do I just turn it over and give it to God. If you're going to do anything, work towards doing that instead of working towards solving the problem. You see the difference, okay? Okay, okay. The only thing I have to remember to do is that get up in the morning, I got to pray, okay? Brush my teeth, get dressed and so on, get in the car, I got to pray, <laughs> While I'm going down the street and preparing to stop at a red light, I got to pray. <laughs> All right, you see what I'm saying? Okay, these are the kinds of things that if, and I'm putting works in quotations, if you're going to be doing any labors at all, or I should say expending any, any energy, you expend that energy towards how can I just turn this over to God? Okay, you see, you see? Because then what happens after you've been quote-unquote expending that energy for so long, and how do I just get into that rest? All of a sudden you, you retire from the labor of working to get into God's rest because it comes naturally. It comes naturally. Okay? One of the greatest things about retirement is that it comes naturally. <laughs> okay? Okay? You don't, after a while, you don't have to think about doing this and doing that. You just kind of, you're in your groove and you're doing your own thing. Okay? I see a few heads being nodded. I'll be with you, with you, with you pretty soon there, sister. <laughs> with you pretty soon. You know? You know? And, and after a while, it just kind of comes natural. Well, that's where we need to get to in our Christian walks. Where it's not work to remember to pray. You understand what I'm saying? Where it's not expending energy to remember to pray. Where it's not expending energy to do the things of God. That, that praying and just having faith just comes naturally. This is when you get into, that, into God's rest. So that when God says to you, well, guess what? I want you to go over to do so and so. That right away you don't start trying to figure out, well, gee, was how much money I got in the bank? Or which card shall I use? Or how do I make a reservation on the plane? You say, okay, Lord. I'm going to sit back and this is what you want me to do and you'll make it happen and God will make it happen. Trust me. Trust me. Right? You wouldn't believe how much planning and physical energies could have been expended in traveling 3,000 miles from New York to build a life here in Oregon. Okay? There's very little energy expended. Very little. Very little. Okay? The hardest thing was carrying a suitcase onto the plane. <laughs> all right? Okay, but, but very little, very little. Okay, and I mean because, all right, Lord, this is where you want us. Okay, make it happen. That's exactly what he did. This is entering into God's rest, okay? And those he said, the scripture says, that heard words like this, 
and many other words in scriptures, and did not profit and did not benefit from it, the reason they didn't benefit was because they didn't believe it. Okay? So, if you want to benefit from the words you're hearing today about entering into God's rest and letting God know where you are, if you want to benefit it, then you've got to have faith in what you're hearing. Because otherwise it's not going to work. It's not going to work. The minute you get out in the parking lot, God forbid, and someone goes in, you got a flat tire, okay, and instead of you kicking the tire and cussing and running and sweating about how am I going to get, first thing you say, Lord, okay, <laughs> just left church, I heard your word, how am I going to get home? He'll tell you, boom, 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 boom. Won't be any sweat involved, won't be any hassle, you maintain your peace, okay? But you've got to believe it. Those, if you want, want, want to enter into God's rest, it can only be done with faith. Otherwise, the things that you're hearing, it's just not simply won't, won't work. Verse number 12 says, For the word of God is quick. Let me start with 11 again. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, unless any man fall, uh, fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Okay, underline that, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Okay? The word of God is sharp and it's quick. Okay? And it's the discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God knows what's going on in your heart. God knows what's going on deep down inside. God knows whether or not you're hearing this message, you're hearing this sermon, and you're processing it, and whether or not you're believing it, whether or not you're going to take some faith in it, whether or not you're going to, 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 to make, some, make some effort to turn. All right? Now, I'm not saying here that... I pray that it would be so great that everyone hearing this message, that instantaneously they fall right in line with God's word. It may take a little time for you to process and to think it through. Amen, amen. But God knows what's going on in your heart and in your mind as you're processing and as, as you're trying to think it through. Okay? If you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, boy, that sure sounds mighty nice. Easier said than done. I've got so-and-so happening on Monday. I've got so-and-so coming next week. Now, how does that fit into all of this? Amen? And what did the Word of God just say about unbelief? They didn't profit because they didn't benefit because of unbelief. Well, the Word of God, and God knows all of this stuff cuts right through. He's a discerner of the heart and the thoughts and the intents of, of the heart. Um, the wonderful thing, too, about the Word of God is that in, in your speaking the Word of God, um, understanding and discerning the thoughts of others. Uh, God, through a spirit of discernment, you see, whether or not you believe that uh, is something that you, where you could benefit or not benefit if you don't have faith in God's words. God speaks about the spirit of discernment, and so why not believe that God can give you a spirit of discernment so that you can, using God's word, you can get through and discern the thoughts and the intents of the hearts of others. Right? You get to the point where someone is saying something to you, and as you're standing there listening to them and looking, to, looking at them, Holy Spirit, you'll hear a flash go through your voice, go through your mind. I'm telling you, that's not true. That's not so-and-so. As this person is going on and on and trying to convince you of something, that's not true. That's not the case at all. Not the case at all. Okay? I, I, I don't mind in this line of... And it is, it is, it is, it is related um, in shopping and looking for a lot and things like that. And there was one builder that we were talking to. And as we were sitting at his table in his office and going over plans and he was explaining how he was going about subcontracting and so on like that, I distinctly heard that that's not so. That's not so. This man is over his head. Well, let's go out and we, I can show you some of the places where we have lots and where we're building and so on like that. We went along and we went and looked and so forth like that. This is going to be happening here as soon as the light posts go up and this is going to happen and this is going to, it's all going to be taking place in a couple of weeks. And the Holy Spirit just kept saying, this is not so, it's not so, it's not so. And I looked at my wife and I could see she was picking up the same thing. And lo and behold, to this day, we drove by just yesterday, not a thing has started on those lots. Not a thing. Now suppose we had gone on and invested money and bought one of those lots and we'd stand there and we'd be waiting and we'd be waiting and we'd be waiting. Not a thing. And then the Holy Spirit brought back to remembrance some of the things that he said during the meetings in the office and whatnot. All I'm just saying is that the word of God, what the word of God says is true, the spirit of discernment. You know, you believe that and you have faith in that. Holy Spirit will speak to you and tell you when to move forward and when to not move forward. And if you do move forward, move forward, Holy Spirit will certainly be there to correct your path and to correct any actions that's there. But you've got to have faith that God is going to do it. 
Okay, because all things work out in God's time. You've got to have faith that God will follow it through. Amen. And, and, and it does. It certainly, certainly works out. So he goes on to say here in verse number 13, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him that with whom we have to do. Wow, let's read this again. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Okay? Nothing is hidden from God. Nothing. You know? And I look at what's happening in the political season here today and, and look at the, 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 the lies and the promises and the this and the that, you know? And, and <laughs> even, even, you know, the news media will say from time to time that people campaigning, and, and this is tied into, into scripture as I get it, that people that are campaigning forget that in this day and age we live in the wondrous, wondrous age of video. Okay? So while one person is saying, I said this, or I didn't say that, I said this, and I promised that, they can find a video way back in 19-something or earlier 2000, where the person is saying just the opposite of what they're saying, you know. And when I see that, I think about God, okay, because nothing can be hidden from God. God knows the actions and the thoughts of every single human being on this earth, whether they be a believer or a non-believer, amen. So nothing can be hidden from him, you see, you see. So when God is asking you, where are you, where indeed are you? Do you have enough faith to stand up and say, yes, Lord, I will do and go wherever you're telling me to go? Verse number 14 says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, hold on to that profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Okay? Jesus has gone through everything. Jesus went through everything that we have to go through today. You know? And don't simply say, oh, well, it was easy for Jesus to withstand that. Okay? He was God. Surely Jesus could go for, go for that and not fall into temptation or not worry, not this and that. He was God. Well, guess what? Jesus was also man. He was also man. Okay, okay. God had a reason for putting his son into the body of a human being. Okay? As an example to show that we can withstand. We do not have to uh, cave into sin. Which also means cave into worry. Cave, cave into not being able to do things and whatnot. Alright? And, and this so rings true. This should resonate with you also. Because how many times have you had someone that you've quote unquote counseled. Or someone that, that has asked advice of you. You know, or you've seen someone that's going through something, and then you try talking to that person, and sometimes that person will say, well, how do you know? You know, look at how well you're doing. You have this, you have that, you have this, you have that. How, how do you know? And you can tell them, well, let me tell you how I know. Okay? And that person will have a very similar experience to what you have gone through, you see? And then you can say, this is how I know because I lived it. Well, everything that Jesus is telling us is based on because of the fact that Jesus lived it. Okay? He was, a, he was God. In a man's body, in a human body. How that works, I will never know. It's my question number 2,300,000 of the Lord when I get to see him. Lord, this mystery, how did that work? Amen. But he was God in a man's body. He needed sleep. Scripture talks about how when they, uh, uh, the, the disciples were crossing the, um, the, the river there, the lake there, and he said he was in the bottom of the boat asleep. He said many times he went off to pray by himself because he needed rest. He went to the bathroom. He had to eat. The scripture talks about him eating and drinking water. All right, so he lived in a human body. At those times, he was very much a human being. Okay? So it says that Jesus, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all ways tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us, uh, let us therefore come boldly. Underline the word boldly. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help in time of need. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So we see here that it starts with, with, with resting in God. Go to Ephesians 3. Okay, because we talked about bold, boldly there. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, and we just want to start with 
Let's start with verse number 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you, uh, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to, to you, Lord, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Please in the line, by revelation he made unto me the mystery. For as I wrote afore in these words, okay, in few words. So here we see, even just to pause here for a moment, that the mysteries of God, the things of God, come by revelation, alright? The deeper things of God, the things that are quote-unquote called mystery, okay, and don't forget, a mystery is merely something that at the time is unknown, okay? The deeper things, the mysterious things of God, can only be given by revelation, Okay? In other words, it isn't something that a man can teach to you. Okay? The deeper things of God can only reveal to you. The mysteries of God can only be revealed by revelation. Revelation by Holy Spirit. Um, this is why I take such umbrage with um, some churches and things that will, will, will set up, for, instance, for example, these, uh, these healing schools. And they'll tell you that if you start coming to this church, and you, you, some, sometimes they're just blatant about saying, you know, pay X number of dollars or whatever, and we will teach you how to heal, okay? And that uh, um, if, if, if you don't get it at first, you, know, you just keep practicing, you just keep practicing, you just keep practicing until you wind up healing. Well, you, you, you don't teach healing, okay? The gift of healing is, is, is given by Holy Spirit, okay? Um, the things of, of, of discernment, the, the, the gift of the word of knowledge and and a word of wisdom. Uh, that is not something that a man can teach to you. I can stand up here and teach you about how it works according to the Bible. Okay. But I certainly cannot give you the word of, gift of the word of knowledge or the gift of the word of wisdom. The gift of tongues or anything else. Amen. This is, this is revelation. Alright. And, and I take such umbrage with, um, with, with churches that, that hold on. Or any organization that holds on to. to um, uh, if you come to us. We can give you a higher relationship by God because we can give you a pamphlet and a booklet. And if you're paying every month this fee, you know, you will get to this point in life. And it just does not work that way. And the Apostle Paul here says in, in number three, uh, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. When you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Please underline by the Spirit. Okay? In other ages or in times past was not made known unto the sons of men. Okay? The sons of men being men that were not of God. Sons of men. As it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and the same body and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Now, what he's saying is that the Gentiles um, should be fellow heirs is that um, Jesus came, God gave the first shot to the Jews. Okay, God gave the first shot to the Jews. Okay, going back to ancient history there, Abraham, the people of Abraham and his followers were the only ones that were following the true, the true and, and one God. Okay, so God gave the first shot to the Jewish people. Okay, and then after Jesus Christ was, came along and whatnot, God, Jesus opened the door, the veil in the temple was too, t- torn in two, opening the way for man to come directly to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus also preached to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles were people that were non-Jews. So therefore, the way to God or access to God is not just for the Jewish people. It is for anyone. Gentiles, we are all Gentiles, um, only in terms of the fact that we were not physically born um, Jewish. Okay? Amen? Amen. So then he goes on to say... um, Verse number 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs in the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am I less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Please in the line that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable, unsearchable, unsearchable riches of Christ. There's 
so much that Jesus has to offer. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who cre- created all things by Jesus Christ. Okay? You see, that's a, that's a simple mystery in itself, because many people do not realize that Jesus Christ was the one that did the creating. Okay? Because you read John. Okay? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, by all things were created. Okay, so Jesus, so even that being a mystery, people in the past, uh, what this is saying, did not understand that mystery. Alright, that through the Word of God, and through the Apostle Paul, and through Jesus Christ, this is being revealed. To the intent, that, to the intent, um, that now, unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. He's saying these mysteries are becoming available. According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness, underline boldness, and access, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence, underline, by faith in him. Okay, I like that whole verse as a matter of fact. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Alright, so talking about getting into God's rest and being able to say, Lord, here I am. And being available to God, entering into that rest and having that boldness, you need to just remember that in whom, in Jesus, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. All right? if, if, if I take my car into Les Schwab to be repaired, I mean, I don't go there with, with anxiety. I mean, especially if it's something as simple as a flat tire. If your transmission is gone, well, that's maybe something to, <laughs> something to, something to pray and think about, okay? <laughs> pray and think about. Is West Farm the right place? To, yeah, exactly. Is that the right place to go in the first place? You know. But if it's something as simple as a tire, and we've all had flats, and I've gone to West Farm, and I went there with all the confidence knowing that I wouldn't have to wait, that they'd do a good, do a, they would do a good job, wouldn't charge, and so forth like that. I went there with confidence, and I went there with boldness. I didn't walk in there and kind of, you know, slink up to the counter and say, um, um, excuse me, um, I think maybe you can help me. Please, pretty please, have mercy on me and look at my tire and see if you can fix. I mean, I went in there and you don't even think about being bold. You just simply just go and enter in. You know this guy's going to take your car and you know he's going to fix it. Well, this has got to be with God. Okay? You've got to go boldly. Now, I didn't walk into Les Schwab and be disrespectful. Grab him in the car and say, listen, you cur, you know, you're going to fix my car and you better do a good job. I mean, I didn't go there like disrespectful, but I went in there knowing that he was going to do a good job and that he'd fix it. Amen? Well, we've got to do the same with God. We don't have to go slinking into God. We, 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 we're respectful. You're his child, okay? But you go there knowing that God's going to take care of you. Okay? And when you go there knowing that God is, is, is going to take care of you, now, how do you know that? Well, how do I know that Les Schwab is going to fix my tire car, my, my car tire? It's because what? He did it before. Mm-hmm. Les Schwab fixed my tire before. Okay? I've heard the testimony of others that Les Schwab will do so and so and so and so. Okay? So therefore, I had what in Les Schwab? I had faith. I had faith in Les Schwab. I went there to take my tire. I, I went in boldly. I said, I got a flat. Can you look at it? Yada, yada, yada. I went in faith knowing that he would take it. I, I didn't even plan with Jesus. Now I got to go spend three hours at the mall and figure out what I'm going to do and blah, 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 blah. Because I knew that I could just sit down and, and, and uh, read a, of something on the iPad and it'd be done in no time. This faith. And surely enough, I don't know, 20 minutes, something like that, it was done. Okay? So I went boldly with faith. Well, we got to do the same thing with God, you see. But many times... We will have more faith in Les Schwab, okay, or your employer, especially if you have direct deposit for your paycheck, you know, your employer, the the, the government, if you've got any kind of check coming in from the government, the state, the federal, whatever, okay, and you know it's going to your bank account, you don't sit up Thursday or whatever, or the 30th of the month sweating that on the 1st is the check going to be deposited, you've got faith in them knowing that it's going to be there. Matter of fact, you go out on the 30th and you write some checks before the money is there, knowing that it will be there on the 1st. Amen? I see, I'm not the only one that's been done that over many years. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I know that check's going to be there on the 1st, so he doesn't the 30th, so I can write a check now. You know, you write it at, at, at 5.03, after the banks are closed and so forth, you know that it won't clear until the morning. Okay? You see, so we're not alone in that. Many of us have, have been there. So the point I'm making is that you have faith in that system. But when it comes down to the things of God, 
We don't have that faith. And because we don't have that faith, what does the word of God say? You can't enter into that rest. You see? You see? So therefore, when God says, where are you? Like he did before here, you know, you, you, you sit and you, gee, should I answer? Where are you? And he's like, should I answer? Like God doesn't know where you are. <laughs> okay? Like God doesn't know where you are. You know? Remember in the garden? Yeah. Remember in the garden? Adam, where are you? Okay? God knew where Adam was. Okay? Right? You see? But the thing is that, the question is, where are you at? Okay? Not meaning physically. Okay? Many times you said about a person, or you think you know, someone's talking about a person, and they say, yeah, you know John Jones, and they say, where is he at, by the way? You mean, what's his position? Right? What's his position? Okay? So where are you? God knows where you physically are. Okay? But where are you? Where's your position with God? Are you really, 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 really willing to do what he's calling you to do? Are you really willing to speak out on his behalf when someone is defaming him or saying that this is what Christianity is all about? You know, you know, oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you're a Christian, you can't have any more fun. Have more fun than you. I'm not worrying about this and worrying about that. Okay, and I tell you what, I have a whole lot more fun into eternity too. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so, so we've we got to have this thing where, 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 you know, we go in with boldness and with confidence by faith. All right, verse number uh, 13 Wherefore I, wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you. Paul is saying, don't you faint about my tribulations for you, uh, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Okay, underline that. That you might be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Meaning your spirit would be strengthened by Holy Spirit. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Underline by faith. That you being, being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Alright, highlight or bracket all of those scriptures there. Okay, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. By faith, by faith. You dwell in Christ is dwelling in your heart. Okay, um, that you may be able, verse 18, to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Alright, you, you don't try to figure out how this works. Okay, just have faith in God. Have faith, okay, and, and knowing the depth of, 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 uh, of Jesus' knowledge, God's knowledge. Verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be, the, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen, amen, amen. And in your, in your last, uh, last couple of scriptures here, let's go to... Um, Let's go to Luke 21. Luke 21. Luke 21, verse... uh, Verse 5. Okay. Luke 21, verse 5. And as, and as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, he said, As for these, thi- these things which you behold, the days will come in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another, and shall not be thrown, that's, that shall not be thrown down. And the, the disciples had a question that says, And they asked him, saying, Master, But when shall these things be? And what sign shall there be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, Take heed, take heed that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draws near. Go you not therefore after them. Okay? There's a warning there. He's saying, Many shall come in my name. Okay? Be not deceived. They will come saying, I am Christ, and the time draws near. Do not go after them. 
we know that we had the many, or was it the Ashley Bott or whatever, one of the followers of that comet. All right? We know about Jim Jones and the people that drank the poison. And we beware of people that would bring deception. You know, we see that moving so much through the church today. You know, proclaiming and or claiming that certain things that are going on is of the Holy Spirit. See this laughter movement that's going through and all sorts of other weird things that happen out there, all sorts of cults develop. Beware, you know, it's the word of God. And these are, if these words are, you ever read out of the Bible, they're written in red, meaning that Jesus is saying this. Take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draws near. Go, don't go after them. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass. But the end is not. By and by. Okay? And we hear about that now. You know, there are very few corners on this earth where there isn't some kind of a war, or isn't some sort of a conflict that's going on. Okay? All right? And he's saying, don't be terrified because of that. And again, we're talking about being able to be in God's rest. Being able to, to follow what God is telling you to do. Verse number 10. Then said he unto them, nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in divers places, and famine, and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these they shall lay their hands on you, and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues, and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts. Not to meditate before what you shall answer. Just to pause there for a moment. Earthquakes, pestilences, and all of those things. We see all of that happening today. Every time you turn around. Alright? Okay? But Jesus is saying, still the time is not yet. So don't let people all of a sudden, you know, they, they keep talking about the Cascadian earthquake event here in the northwest and everything and and you get so many broadcasts that are continually talking about that I don't dwell on it I don't sweat on it you know if there is such an event God will take care of his children I firmly believe that with all of my being okay so don't get don't get caught up into that alright but then he's saying also that if people are blaming you or they're coming against you where you're being persecuted, um, settle it in your hearts, verse 14, not to meditate before what you shall answer. So settle it in your heart means to make it up in your heart, in your mind, so to speak. But let that mind be in your heart and in your spirit that you're not going to worry about that, that you're not going to, to have to worry about your words. Because he goes on to say in verse number 15, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all of your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. All right? So he's saying, so settle it in your heart that, that, that you will not have to worry about what to say or what to do or what kind of actions to take, you know? And so many times when we are saying to God, or if you are saying to God, God, yes, I will, here I am, do with me what you will, and then you're worried about your being in a position or in a place where you have to say certain things. Settle it in your heart. Make up your mind right now that you're not going to worry about what it is that you need to say. Amen. And I've told you this many times and I say it again. There are many, 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 many times. I mean, this can be a question that is asked of me in Best Buy by another customer about a piece of electronic equipment or whatever, you know, or definitely if it's something dealing with the Bible or something pertaining to advice or counsel or whatever, that as you're listening to that person, you, can, you don't have to break eye contact with them, but as you're listening to that person, just simply say, Lord, give me the words to say. Simple as that. You don't have to tell the person, hold on for a second, then you'll get my Bible. And you run back to the car, get your Bible, and come back and get down on the knee and start praying, blah, 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 blah. And then say, okay, now finish your sentence. Okay, you don't need to do all of that. Simply just pray to the Lord as you're listening to that person, Lord, give me the words to say. And I guarantee you that Lord will give you, the Lord will give you the words to speak. You see? And again, this is conditioning yourself. Conditioning yourself to be at the point that you are willing to say, God, use me. That you're not, you're not trying to, to work out an answer for yourself. That you're not doing these works for yourself. That you're relying on God to give you the words and what to say and what to think. You say, okay. And then if you get into the habit of doing that, that helps you to enter into God's rest. 
where you know that you don't have to do this yourself. You're entering into God's rest, and therefore by entering into God's rest, you don't mind saying at all, God, here I am. Okay? Here I am. You see? And again, I, I, I cannot impress upon you how, how, how much turmoil um, individuals have been in when they're looking for greater things from God. They themselves know that I need to get to a higher place. They feel it in their spirits because that's Holy Spirit wooing them, calling them, okay, you know, where they know that there's something more to this thing called Christianity, you know. And this happens a lot when you're in a full gospel ministry where, you, where the ministry is preaching the movement of Holy Spirit and so forth, okay. And you will find some people that, that, that want to move on, they want to go on because they were drawn to that ministry in the first place by Holy Spirit because in attending churches that are not Spirit-filled, it becomes dry, you know, becomes very, yeah, yeah, you know, where, 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 where they're, they're taking, you know, a Bible out and they're saying, and they, they've got the scriptures for the month or week up on the little bulletin there, and today is Sunday, June 3rd, and today the scripture's going to be on so-and-so, where the scriptures for the month or the year have been laid out by some board of directors or board of deacons that's not even in the same state, for that matter, in some cases. It becomes very, very dry because the messages are not Holy Spirit-driven. Okay, they're not, Holy Spirit knows what each of you needs to hear. Holy Spirit knows what's going on in your lives. Holy Spirit knows what's going on in the nation, in the city, in the state. And God prepares messages that will, will, will 99, 99% of the time, if not 100% of the time, be what people need to hear. Whether or not they hear it and make the connection in their lives is a different thing. Amen? And there's another story. But back to the point where, where someone is, is in a, a, a full gospel ministry and they feel the, the, the pull and the yearn to move on. But then the... The prospect, or actually doing that, makes them nervous. Makes them nervous, you know. They know there's a deeper place to get to, but they're afraid that if I just really let go, that God's going to take me someplace that I won't be able to, 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 to understand or to comprehend. I won't be able to explain away, <laughs> you know, when they feel like I have to start telling people why I'm walking in this particular direction, why I no longer believe so and so. They don't want to go through that, and so they tend to pull back away from God. Amen? You don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. So the bottom line is that in order to, to, to fully go where God wants you to go, and for you to be able to answer, here I am, you have to be at rest, in God's perfect rest. And in order to do that, you have to have this boldness about God too, with, with, with reverence and respect. To have this boldness in seeking God's uh, uh, work and direction for your life. And have, most of all, have faith. Because if you don't have faith, then everything that you've heard here over the last 40 minutes or so, everything that you've heard over the last 40, 45 minutes um, is going to be lost and you will not benefit from it. Amen? Amen? So I pray this message has, been a, message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.